0: Good morning, and welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as an inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you.
1: I want to say thank you to everyone who donated money so we could buy all these beautiful flowers for the sanctuary today. And a special thank you to Ann Verweeb, who decorated for us. Also, after this service, children, please gather out in the Founders Lounge. I think you probably know why, but... (laughs) Once again, welcome. Could I have the yellow egg, please? Thank you. And in this yellow egg is a candle. We'll ask for that one later. Not yet, thank you. (laughs) The candle is for the light of hope and love that are woven through the stories we tell today, stories to inspire us as Unitarian Universalists. Now we'll light our flame within a chalice not only for hope and love, but also as a symbol of sanctuary and safety, to unite us in our worship and to remind us of our ongoing search for the light of truth. And Lola, would you come up and do the honors, please? Would you join me in the words for lighting the chalice? which you find in your order of service? We light this chalice for the miracle of life as it rises from the earth once again. We light this chalice in gratitude for the earth. We light this chalice with thanks for being with one another today. As we celebrate together, may the light of our chalice burn brightly in this place. May the light of love burn brightly in our hearts.
0: My grandmother was a high school art teacher and a very crafty woman. In the mid-1960s, Easter baskets were run-of-the-mill straw, sometimes plastic. But in our house, Easter baskets were sturdy handmade affairs that looked a lot like the green cardboard packing trays that fruit came on from the supermarket. Easter grass was scissor-cutted newspaper, usually the funnies mixed in with real flowers, often roses, which bloomed in Virginia starting in early spring. The one store-bought creation in our basket keeps. (laughs) Spoiler alert for the young at heart. My brother and I quickly found out that our grandma knew the Easter Bunny very well, and that the handmade baskets were her artistry and contribution. What I didn't connect with until years later that was grandma was upcycling decades before it became a conscious effort. My grandmother's yard was a paradise with apple trees, a pomegranate tree, strawberry patches, and two fig bushes that produced fruit of Cecil B. DeMille proportion. <laughs> She composted, poured her coffee grounds on the camellia bush, and would rise early in the morning in the spring to pluck asparagus shoots from the train tracks that grew near her house, a feat that she did in secret before my brother and I would awaken. Too dangerous for you boys, she would say. Grandma also taught me to tap tiny holes in a raw egg and blow out the contents, leaving a beautiful shell to decorate without having to dye the egg. I still do this every Easter, do this morning, and I nearly pass out every time I do it. <laughs> Those shells would then end up in her compost heap by May Day. Happy Easter and Happy Earth Day, Louise Coston Kelly, my first Earth Mother Spirit and a true fan of the spring. For all of you true fans of the spring, come, let us celebrate and worship together.
1: The decision to join a congregation is one of life's most powerful moments because it affirms a willingness to make a deeper commitment to spiritual growth and recognition that we are only fully human in community. We rejoice today because some among us have chosen to make a deeper commitment to the spiritual community by becoming members. Each new member we now welcome has taken the time and care to learn about Unitarian Universalism in this congregation. Each person has affirmed our values and our principles and said yes to the call of our mission to serve one another and the world. Each person whose commitment we recognize and celebrate today also understands that our faith is a lifetime search for truth and meaning. And that joining this congregation affirms a willingness to continue to grow as people both emotionally and spiritually. We are not asked to profess our beliefs in order to be welcomed into the circle of love. Unitarian Universalism is non-credal, it's a free faith. But in the absence of doctrine, dogma, or creed, something must hold us together. That something is covenant, a mutual promise we make and remake to walk together toward the lives we seek to lead. So today's ceremony is not just about new members. As we welcome these new members and those who have chosen to join us, all of us remember, we recovenant. We renew our commitment to one another to continue our shared spiritual journey with courage and joy, offering one another care and hope. In making these promises with our new members and renewing them with one another, today is a joyful and powerful moment for all of us as we continue to become the community of memory and hope we aspire to be. Now if our congregation's moderator, Danny Beale, would join me.
2: As moderator of the Board of Trustees of this congregation, it is my pleasure to formally welcome our newest members. As your names are called, please come forward to sign the membership book. Please bring your order of service with you. For this service, it will be Levi Beck and Kitty Endres.
1: Levi and Kitty, in the presence of this congregation, I now ask you to state your intentions. Will you walk together with us in a covenant of mutual care and love? help us be a welcoming and inclusive community, and share in the joys and the responsibilities of membership? If so, please say, we will. Will each one of you join us joyfully and as fully as you're able in our shared ministry of serving others as we seek to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community? If so, please say, we will. Now we'll ask the members and friends of this congregation to covenant with our new members and recovenant with one another. We'll start with our children and youth.
2: Will the children and youth of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent please rise in spirit and in body as you're able. Will you joyfully welcome these persons into our congregation, teach them and learn from them, and reach out to them in friendship, respect, and love? Please say, we will. Will the adult members and friends of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent please rise in spirit and embody as you are able. Will you joyfully welcome these persons into our congregation, invite them into our shared ministries, be open to their unique gifts and wisdom, and walk with them and each other in friendship, respect, and love? Please say, we will. We will. Do you renew your promise to walk together with one another in mutual care and love, to do the work of being in right relationship, to help us to be a welcoming and inclusive community, and to participate in our shared ministry to one another and the world as fully as you are able? If so, please say, we do. We do.
1: I invite everyone to join in saying our words of covenant, which are in your order of service. We affirm, that each life has brilliance, and when joined with others in joyful community, has the power to transform. We pledge ourselves and our resources to this journey. This covenant inspires and challenges us to dwell together in the right relationship. We promise to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth honor diversity and, and practice, practice kindness. Together may we make it so. Members and friends of the congregation, now please join me in welcoming these new members by saying, welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the Unitarian Universalist, Universalist Church of Kent. Kent. Okay. So, so, there's more. I need the, the other yellow egg, the chartreuse egg.
3: Okay.
1: Want to guess what's in it? What's in it? (laughs) A rose. Now along with a rose, we'll give our new members a certificate of membership and a gift. So please welcome and greet our newest members after this service. And let's give them a good old-fashioned Ohio and UUCK welcome. Seated. And could I have the dark blue egg, please? So what's in this egg? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) That's because this egg symbolizes all the possibilities awaiting us this spring and the space we create together for our shared life and work. We're using eggs this morning because they represent the promise of new life and potential. A few moments ago, we renewed our promise as a covenantal community, to be there for one another in good times and in bad, offering love and care to one another as our journey together continues. In that spirit, we're going to take a few minutes to name and honor our joys and sorrows, the struggles and achievements we experience, the hopes and dreams we have for ourselves and for this community.
0: May we have the orange egg. Oh, what do you think is on this one? Je- jelly beans. Okay. We're well, all
4: wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <me>
0: talk, <laughs> so, this egg has spices in it. In ancient times, when people died, they were anointed with special spices. And this egg is also. Remember the women who came to the tomb on that Easter morning and were the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. A reading from the Gospel of Mark, 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they may go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. He is not here. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. A reading from the Reverend Megan Foley. Let's look at the Easter story as one that is trying to impart meaning to us, some sort of meaning that is ours to grasp. What meaning could the Easter story as told be conveying to us Unitarian Universalists with so much history with, and at the same time removal from the story's tradition. We cannot do much better in explaining Easter than these hymn lyrics. A promise through the ages, a rings that always, always something sings. Not just in May, in Finchfield Bower, but in December's darkest hour. A note of hope sustains us all. A life is made of many things, bright stars, bleak years, and broken rings. Can it be true that through all things there always, always something sings? Entombed within our deep despair, our pain seems more than we can bear. But days shall pass, and nature knows that deep beneath the winter snow a rose lies curled and hums its song. Something, something always sings. This is the message Easter brings. From deep despair and perish things, a green shoot always, always springs, and something always, always sings. The Easter story, the the Christian story, however, says no, no matter how much we may have deserved it, we did not lose our chance. The Easter story says that a promise was given from that time to this one. A promise rings out that, in fact, there's no such thing as losing your big chance forever. Something always, always sings. No matter how bad the circumstance, no matter how dark the outlook, no matter even how complicit we are in creating that darkness, that is promised. It has been promised through all the ages, and it will always be so. Spring always follows winter. If we look at the lives we're living today, whether they're finch-filled bowers or their dark December la- hours, as we find that we are filled with at least a pinpoint of joy because we know that a song, a green shoot of hope, has been promised to us no matter what we do or what is done to us then we have understood what the Easter story is telling us. When we remember that light has been promised in the midst of dark, we understood the purpose of the Easter story, no matter how closely we are related or not related to the people who are usually telling it. Hunting brightly colored eggs and wearing bonnets and eating ham and and no being Christian or just learning the stories, the song, the green shoot, the hope, the promise. It is for all of us. I invite you to reflect in the spirit, rise in the spirit and body as you're able to join in singing number 344 in the gray hymnal, A Promise Through the Ages Rings.
1: egg. Thank you, Silas. All right, so what's in this one? (laughs) An egg with a word on it, hope. This week I was asked if Unitarian Universalists actually celebrate Easter. I applied, why, of course, Easter is best celebrated by Unitarian Universalists. Yeah, that got a confused look. So I said, it's because Easter is not just the story of Jesus. There are lots of Easter stories. There is the Christian story of Easter, which is part of our history and tradition. Unitarians and Universalists were both liberal Christians who found hope and meaning in this story, focusing on Jesus' life and message and his willingness to die for his convictions. There is a Jewish celebration of Passover, which began Friday night. It's the story of a band of people who escaped slavery by the Egyptians and began a journey toward the promised land. There's the pagan celebration of Ostara, spring's new life with fluffy bunnies and brightly colored eggs and pretty flowers. There's our UU ritual of flower communion for those fortunate congregations in the south who aren't limited to daffodils. We can choose the Zoroastrian celebration of the birth of fire, the Hindu spring festival of Holly, and the Buddha's birthday earlier this month. There's even the Langari people of India and their famed rabbit stew with the fire ant chaser. Yum, yum. (laughs) And this year we celebrate Earth Day too with its stories and lessons about the importance of caring for our beloved planet and honoring it because it provides everything we need to live. Lots of great stories to tell and celebrations for this time of year all filled with joy and inspiring our spirits to soar and to sing. And there's chocolate, of course, which is perfect for every holiday. And yet, yet with everything going on in our country and the world right now, the threat of climate change, the terrorism, I've had trouble finding the joy I should be feeling. So I did the only thing I could do. I got on Facebook and asked how my colleagues were doing with their Easter sermons. Many of them were feeling the same way. Not in the mood for the usual Unitarian Universalist message on Easter, look at the pretty flowers, yay, spring is here. Then one colleague bravely wrote, fear and uncertainty is the perfect place to start. Look at how the Easter story begins. Jesus has been killed by the Romans as an enemy of the state. His body is quickly buried before the Sabbath begins at sundown and his followers are in hiding, fearful that they will be killed too. Eric read for us the Gospel of Mark, in which Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome have gone to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. But they encounter an open, empty tomb and a young man dressed in white, and they're frightened. They're told that Jesus is not there. The story goes, so they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Their fear soon gave way to joy as they began to experience Jesus as alive again, fulfilling Easter's promise, hope and new life are alive and well. In the second reading, Reverend Megan Folley told us, the Easter story, the Christian story, however, says no, no matter how much we may deserve it, we didn't lose our chance. A promise is given from this time forever, that there's no such thing as losing your big chance. Something will always sing, no matter how bad things are, no matter how dark the outlook, no matter if we're even part of creating that darkness. That's a promise. Reverend Foley quotes hymn number 344, which we just sang, that a promise through the ages rings that always, always something sings. That's not just in May, but in December as well. There's a note of hope sustaining us all. Something always sings because life always triumphs. We affirm this truth in the first of our six sources, recognizing the transcending mystery present in the world, which is constantly creating, renewing, and upholding life around us as well as within us. Theologian Matthew Fox says the spring stories of renewal, of resurrection, of rebirth are so important because they remind us of this truth. He says, whether we look at the ancient equinox stories in which gods who have died return to life, or the Jewish Passover story, or the scientific reports, the stories of how life survives at all and how any creatures manage to keep going, or the traditional Easter story of suffering, death, and resurrection, it all connects us to the human experience of overcoming the things that would break us, of somehow surviving life's worst experiences, the worst sides and aspects of ourselves, and finding in our connections, our life together, our shared experiences, our shared stories, the message that life will not be denied. Life not only wants to live, it wants to thrive. Love will not be denied. Isn't that enough reason for the Alleluia's to ring out, to celebrate, to rejoice together? So we gather to tell stories on this Easter day, to receive the gift of hope once again, to be reminded of life's power to renew ourselves. Easter is for all of us, whether we tell the story of Jesus' resurrection, we hunt brightly colored eggs, have ham for dinner, or overdose on chocolate. We are free to celebrate each in our own way, to choose the story or stories that add richness and meaning to our lives. So in that spirit, we're going to sing another hymn, but it's gonna be a little different. There is an insert-your-order service, and there are two sets of words. You can sing about how the earth awakes so that Jesus Christ is risen. We come together in that song in our theology with the alleluias, out of the sheer joy and wonder of being alive and being here together. What more do we ultimately need? Please be seated. I need the light blue egg. Where is the light blue egg? You certainly do. Thank you. What do you suppose is in this one?
3: <laughs>
1: it is an earth crystal. Ooh.
5: <laughs> All right. Once every 5,000 years or so, all of the planets in our solar system get together for an interplanetary conference. They roast marshmallows in the warm glow of the sun, they gossip about the other solar systems, and they thoroughly enjoy one another's company. The most recent meeting, however, was much more serious than usual, and Earth was very upset
6: used to be so cute and friendly, They used to be so gentle. They used to thank me for everything they took, for the plants, for the animals they needed for food, for the rivers full of fish, oh, for the gentle rains that watered their crops, and for the great trees they used to build their homes. They used to sing and dance to thank me, and sometimes I would sing with them. Oh, and we all had so much fun back there. Back then, I used to love to watch them. So clever those humans were. So full of invention. I couldn't wait to see what they were going to do next.
2: In a very deep voice, Neptune
5: said,
0: Well, what's the problem, then? They sound rather delightful to me. (laughs)
5: Earth sighed deeply, and huge waves crashed against the shores of a thousand beaches. Great forests bent and swayed in the sudden violent wind that swept across continents. I
6: said they used to be cute and friendly and polite. Now they just take and take and take They tear me up looking for gold and oil that they burn until my skies are black and smelly. Sometimes (coughs) I think I'll never stop (coughs) sneezing and coughing. They eat all the animals and bulldoze everything to make room for their cities. And you wouldn't believe how messy they are. (laughs) They make incredible amounts of garbage and then they just throw it into my oceans or leave it laying around in great heaps. And they always, always want more, more, more. No matter how much they take, they are never satisfied.
5: Earth stopped for a breath and a single tear fell. It splashed into the Indian Ocean where it quickly turned into a hurricane.
6: The worst part is that they don't sing to me anymore. And they never, ever say thank you. I just, I just don't know what to do.
5: All the planets were silent, except for Venus, ever the lover, she murmured.
0: There, there, Earth. There, there.
5: (laughs) As she held weeping Earth close, Mars, the mighty orange planet, spoke next.
4: Earth, as you know, I have some experience in these matters. You may remember the trouble I was having with those little green creatures that used to live on me. You know, the ones who called themselves Martians. They did the same thing to me too. Their greedy tentacles grabbed up everything in sight. I gave them several opportunities to straighten up and fly right, but no, they didn't listen. So I sucked all the air and water back into into myself and let the sun turn my skin into a giant burning desert. Those ungrateful Martians are all gone now, and good riddance to them too. Tough love, I call it. (laughs) Yes, even on Mars, we know tough love. If you want my advice, just shake them off like the fleas they are. Freeze them in an ice age, drown them in floods, Sorry, did I get any on any, any? <laughs> You'll soon forget they were ever here.
5: Some of the planets nodded, especially Saturn, who always seemed to be in a sour mood. And the two smallest planets just looked sad. Earth saw their distress and asked,
6: What do you think, little ones?
5: Mercury, who is much more shy than you would think, simply blushed. But tiny, icy Pluto spoke up.
7: Earth, I am so sorry for your pain. The way they are treating you is terrible. But look at me, I float alone in space, just a big block of ice. No one has ever sung to me. As I drift along through eternity, I dream that one day I will be needed, that I will be able to feed creatures of my own and watch them grow and thrive. But it seems that it is not meant for me to be, But so many creatures depend on you, Earth, even if they forgot how to treat you, to sing to you, how to thank you. Maybe they can learn, maybe they can grow up. Please be patient for just a little longer, Earth.
6: Well, maybe Mars' solution is the best one. I can't wait forever for those foolish humans to start
5: behaving themselves.
7: I don't think Brother Mars is as happy as he pretends.
5: Pluto continued as Mars gruffly wiped away a big red tear. When the other planets looked his way, he grumbled.
4: I'm not crying. I just got a bit of desert red dust in my eye.
5: Earth asked Pluto. Uh, Pluto, what do you think I should do?
7: Well just might be time for you to sing to them
5: and so began the earth began to sing as she had not sung for a very long time it was the song of creation of love and promise of warm earth and cool water of fresh spring grass and deep forest she sang of buffalo and beaver and of fern sage and willow She sang of dolphins and mountains and people. And yes, she did sing a song of people, despite their behavior. She still loved them dearly. The earth sang, but most of the humans could not hear her song. None of them heard it. In fact, aside from a handful of children, When the earth let their voice soar fully into her song, a few children in each nation stopped what they were doing and heard the song. As if it were coming from someplace deep inside their bodies, these children could hear the song of the trees and the flowers and the whales in the ocean. And suddenly, they felt like singing too. They sang with strange smiles on their faces. And their mothers and fathers and teachers and friends said in their own languages, what on earth has gotten into you? And in their native languages, these children said.
3: Mom, I don't think we do a very good job of recycling. Dad, I don't think I need a ride to school anymore. I'll stop riding my bike. We don't need to throw the, the food scraps in the trash. Let's start a compost pile in the backyard. Let's try growing more of our food um, instead of buying food that comes from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Let's use our reusable bags and walk to farmer's market for whatever we don't grow ourselves. So. For this birthday, instead of having people bring me presents, I don't really need. Let's ask for birthdays to donations to a charity that helps
5: clean up the environment the mothers and fathers and teachers and friends asked what's bringing all of this on and the children still humming to themselves didn't really know I just remembered something important they answered and earth smiled and everyone in the world suddenly felt a warm breeze as gentle as a mother's hands lifting their hair and touching their faces.
1: I need the aqua egg. Who's got the aqua egg? Aha! Thank you, Brady. So, what's in the aqua egg? Good! Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because money is in that egg as a symbol of what we can do together when we share what we have. My colleague Kristen Collins says, we give to remind ourselves how many gifts we have to offer. We give to remember that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We give as a way of living out our values. Each month we give away one Sunday's offering to support agencies, ministries, and organizations in the Kent community and beyond that serve those in need this month's special offering is for the Akron Mama's Day bailout. Every day, an average of 700,000 people are condemned to local jails and separated from their families. A majority of them are there simply because they cannot afford to pay bail, and this disproportionately hurts black and brown people and their families. Your generosity will give incarcerated mothers in Akron an opportunity to spend Mother's Day with their families. here's the pink egg. <laughs> so what's in the pink egg? Anybody want to guess? Yep. Chocolate.
3: <laughs>
1: now, before we sing our closing hymn, I want to thank the stellar cast of our play. And the choir in the tarnished brass. Vanessa. These are the words of Judith Mannheim. May we have joy this Easter, a joy born of life well lived, bringing wonder and hope to our lives. May we have love this Easter, a love stronger than death, bringing healing and new growth to our lives and to our world. And may we have peace this Easter, a peace that allows us to be open to the renewing power of this season, and invites us to join in the earth's eternal song of life. Now renewed in our commitment to care for the earth, and with our hearts leaping with the spring as hallelujahs echo through the world, let us go forth in joy and in hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and hallelujah.